What's up, everybody? I'm TJ. And I'm Kelsey. And we are the, the Nashville, Nashville Wine Duo. Duo. What's up, everybody? What's up? We are back. <laughs> we are hanging out today with some new friends that we've yes. come across. Yes. We've talked about their wines on the podcast a few times now mm -hmm. and introduced people to them. But we are excited to have uh, Steve Peterson from Emma Lily Vineyards out in California. Yeah. So our first California vineyard guest. That's right? true. Yes. 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 Awesome. Different winemakers and different industry people. And we've and done some via like, oh, like, you know, apart. Yeah, but not Zoom, but never in to, person. In, yeah. So you're the official first. OG. I love that. Yes. So yeah. yes. Breaking it in in Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> great, great state of Tennessee. Yeah. So yeah. you're in town visiting. Yes. And so we paid you basically to come over here. No, we didn't pay. You. <laughs> he, he offered his time. Yes. And, thank uh, you so thank much. Thank you for coming out to Franklin and. Of have you ever been to Franklin, Tennessee? Yeah, we have. We okay. love Franklin. We've got friends that live here. Um, they're big promoters of the wine. And, and plus Lily, you know, from Emma Lily, actually lives in Nashville, East Nashville. Okay. And so for us to come out every six to eight weeks to visit her and, you know, do whatever business we need to do in town, is uh, it's a, just an a icing on the cake. And that's your daughter? Uh, yes, yes, my daughter. Okay, yes. so cool. So get into your love for wine, how you started, your, your, you know, your background. And uh, I know it has to do with some kind of farming because all the winemakers <laughs> are farmers, you know, it seems like, you know. Well, come from a farming background in a small town called San Martin in Northern California. Uh, we had land, but you know, we weren't hardcore far farmers by no means. It just, there was farmers around us everywhere, you know, so worked in all kinds of, you know, picking crops and all that stuff as a kid. but. The wine journey for me really started when Laura and I ran into uh, what we called the the Segezi Stellar Cellar, and um, and Laura's your wife. Laura's my wife. How long yes. have you guys been married? Oh my gosh, we met in 1983. So a we, long time. We married in '88 <laughs> and uh, still happily married, and you know, still the best decisions of my life. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so it's been it's been really good. Matter of fact, she's. A key indicator you know we talked a lot about wine we would drink all these old wines and I would critique them and we'll talk about the palate what we what we could do different and better and uh, one one month I was traveling and we were wanting to move from our locations and uh, you know middle of the night I got a phone call and said hey I bought a property and um, and I said okay no problem I'm back in eight days just get us a 15-day close and she comes back and she goes we have 10-day close so <laughs> it, was, it was a crazy time in the market in the Bay Area and and uh, we haven't looked back it's been phenomenal so we bought the property in 2000 planted the vineyards in March of 2001 and that became our wine journey Wow, wow. Yeah. so wait did you know about like yeah, like planting grapes and all nope. that. Like nope, just continuous learner. Um, being in management consulting, you still shamelessly from everybody. And so you ask everybody their opinions, and then you take your bits and pieces, come up with your hypothesis, and then you know try to go, uh, go do the best you can to go execute against it. And uh, Marty Matheson, the winemaker for Catherine Kennedy, which is in the Santa Cruz Mountains, it was out, named after his mom. Uh, gave me the best advice we ever had. When you argue with people about 
you know, hey, I want to do it this style. And they're like, no, you can't do it that way. It'll ruin, you'll do this, you'll do that. He pulled me aside and said, hey, you have a very definitive opinion of what you want to do. Go do it for five years. If it gives you what you want, who cares? Just mm. keep moving forward. And so that, that gave me the strength to just say, okay, we, we wanted to do some things that were different. And w w what do you mean by different? We were a micro, micro winery, like a backyard vineyard, right? Mm -hmm. Under 100 cases. Um, and then we started growing and it just kept, we kept picking up new vineyards and we started growing and growing and growing. And you know, now we're, we're, we're a whopping 1500 cases a year. <laughs> so we're still like, I call it a micro boutique winery. Um, so we started making the wine there. Um, we didn't have all the varietals to blend. So we started doing some really unique things called micro fermentations. And so we did all these little micro fermentations using different uh, styles, you know, from yeast and enzymes and different oaks at crush all the way into uh, different French oak barrels in terms of toasting. So you could then blend back together and get a little bit more of a complex wine. So cool. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was kind of the genesis of Backyard. Our first wine club started at 64 people. We only had 50 cases, so we had more wine than we did people. Our, I mean, we had more more wine club members and less <laughs> not enough wine. Yeah. <laughs> so then we go started Madeline. That was a second one, more fruit forward. Laura, my wife, likes fruit forward wines. I mm. like more complex, deeper. That's why Cosmo is more of a, a Rutherford style cab. It's a mm. big, you know, mm -hmm. big blend. Um, and so that's kind of how we got into it. So in 2001, when you bought the property, did you have to do any testing to make sure like Accurate. it was good to grow? Well, the area is phenomenal. We okay. we have three mountains around us. We're at about a, I would say 600 foot elevation. The mountains around us would go anywhere from um, 1,000 to 1,600 foot elevation. Um, so we really great microclimate in terms of the heat, great wind coming through to make sure that we're, you know, you're getting good moisture wicking and things out of the leaves. Uh, but yeah, we did soil testing. We, you know, removed 36 inches by the entire site, make sure there was no impediments in there. It's called ground, you know, ground ripping, subterranean ripping is what they call it. And we did all of that stuff. And um, a good friend of mine now uh, helped consult with us, took my favorite 10 wines, came back and said they all have same four clones. And so we put those clones in, which are, you know, Cabernet clones. And uh, that's what Cosmo was. And from there on, we just kept doing the same thing. Okay. So, yeah. So, you plant all the vineyards. Fast forward, you plant all the vineyards. And plant then the you vineyards. You sit there and wait. We wait. <laughs> yeah, we wait. You get your first crop. Um, we do a quadrilateral. So, most vineyards are what they call a vertical. Uh, it's great for automatic harvesting and things like that. We did a quad. So, if you look at it, it comes up and splits northwest uh, or east west, and then it goes northwest on your cordon. So, it's it's almost like every plant is two separate rows. Um, we did that because rich soils, it was really good. We're glad we did that because we get a little bit higher volume out of a smaller uh, parcel. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what we did. Almost all the other vineyards we've done have been um, uh, verticals hmm. just because it's cost less, um, takes a year less time to get the fruit. And then we harvest it three years after. We you know do our thing to it which are you know we do the extended maceration so usually our harvest for instance and going through most people will be four to six days to do their fermentation process ours is usually 14 to 16 because mm. we do it under 55 degree temperatures 
Um, and the inside temperature usually is around 72 or so. Mm -hmm. um, anything over 85, you start getting into off flavors. And so we're just trying to control the consistency of the flavors that we're looking for. And so, and then we extend the maceration, meaning it just sits on its skins. We put argon on top, tape it up, and uh, set it aside for 22 days or more. And that's usually about where our schedule is. So 22 to 26 days, we press it, put it into a barrel, and we let it sit in the barrels now for 34 months. How many people are, do you have involved like in the whole operation? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we, we, we do have some friends that come by. It's mostly family okay. that, that does it. And quite frankly, it's mostly me. Yeah. Um, oh, so wow. I, I do most of the, almost 90% of the punch downs, you know, that we do in the morning and the night uh, wow. during fermentation. And then I always have some help because it's just, you can't do it by yourself, uh, at least the way our process is. Um, so we usually have one or two people come by and, and help out. And it's either my son-in-law, Connor, that's this wine here, um, and or um, some really close friends that we make custom wines for. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a country club out there called Cordoval. And uh, we're doing the Cordoval Estates uh, Cabernet, which is a friend of ours, uh, has a house with two acres of vineyards oh, on cool. it. Oh, cool. So, yeah. Wow. So it's you crazy. do a lot. <laughs> yeah, it is. We call it wine fit. <laughs> I usually bloat after it's done. That's like right now. You put on my 10 or 20 pounds, and then, you know, when it com comes back around uh, during wine fit, I, I, I tend to shed it because wine I'm fit. just nine, yeah, nine, nine, nine hours a day. So, so do you mostly, like, when you are, like, enjoying wine, do you mostly drink your own wine? Uh, you know, I when I go to parties and there's other wines open, I mean, I'm the first guy to go to each bottle. Yeah. Check out their packaging. You know, you could always tell if their quality is going into the bottle by the care that they're looking at. The mm. packaging, bottles, corks, labels, everything. Um, it's not always an indicator of how good it is, but it means that they care about it. So they're probably doing the same thing during their 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 winemaking process as mm. well. Um, it's that's a big assumption. So I love I love to go taste and and try and and see and and do that. But uh, you know, of course, we have a winery, so we're 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 drinking quite a bit of ours. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. Well, let's talk about what we're drinking right now. Yeah. So this one's the um, it's a hundred percent Cab Franc. Mm -hmm. uh, it was made in three different styles, three micro fermentations. So we bring it in. Um, and um, each style, what we're trying to do is bring out either the beginning, you know, nose, your, your you know, is it a rose petal? Is it a lighter uh, type of nose? So how do we en enhance the nose? And then the middle is going to be what is it happening in your mouth? Is it expanding, contracting, what's going on? And then the finish, do you continue to taste flavors? Does it continue to expand? We typically want to have a pH an acidity level that makes your mouth water. Mm -hmm. It's not drying it out, so not over-oaked, um, but certainly something that gives you a balance because if you don't have that, you miss out on the little nuances that we're trying to do, like the three micro-fermentations disappear. You don't really notice it if it's overpowered by yeah. a, a, a overpowering finish. But most Cap Francs are going to be you know, really high, big middle, you know, raspberry, strawberry, mm -hmm. kind of that really lighter fruit on the front end. And the middle, they usually stand pretty simple, but they usually finish pretty quickly. Yeah. And you know, not, not lingering around. Well, because we're a cab house, you know, we, we tend to try to blow that theory out of the water and yeah. make something that's going to be a, you know, strong beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. Wow, I love this wine. I do too. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Yeah. We uh, haven't got to try the cab frog. No. This is a this is um, special. I really, 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 really like it. 
So this is Lily Beth June. Yes, Lily. Um, that's her her handle or her Instagram name. That's <laughs> her you know email type stuff too. Uh, uh, her name's Lily Beth, uh -huh. and she was born in June, and so that's why you know we do it. Matter of fact, the logo. I don't know if we talked about the logo or not, but um, when um, Lily was almost ready to be born. Uh, I planted and ordered about 300 bulbs from around the world, um, all lilies, because we were going to name her Lily. And the day we brought her home, there was they were all growing, but the only one that was open was an orange tiger lily. Oh. And so that's and so um, I hand painted this 2007, I believe, is when I painted it. It's watercolor on vellum. Wow! And so oh. it was just kind of like, hey, I think we should make this our logo, and yeah. so that's it. Kind of stuck. I love when you like find out the story behind it because it just, yeah, now when you drink it, you kind of would look at it and you have, have that story attached mm -hmm. to it. That's a really cool story. And it's not a traditional label. You know, so many people have told us, see, if you really want to make money in this thing, you better have the black and white Legos, you know, logos, the, the standard logos. And I'm like, well, no, this is all about women ex ex mm. loving and experiencing my wine. My, mm -hmm. it, it's an homage to my family, which are, uh, you know, I'm the only guy. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so you know, you had to make something you know decent for them, and and so, and so it's kind of a sunset sunrise, and her favorite color is orange and yellow, or cars yellow. So it was kind of a a theme that we we pretty much stuck to. We tried other labels in 2004, our first vintage, and um, I still laugh about it because it's a black and white logo, and I put them next to each other, and I'm like, it's. It's not even close to having my heart, you know, so this label's definitely yeah. more accurate to well, it. Well, I It'll think that good. that's good to hear that. I mean, like what you were talking about, like the label, when you go and you try wines, you look at the label and you're like, if they're spending this time on it and it's got the story and this thing going on, like you know that what's inside is gonna, you know, be equal to what's like on the outside. And mm -hmm. I think that that's like your vision with this label and everything it, with the wine, like you want that spirit to come through with the label. and. I like that you're like, well, whatever, we'll sell more wine if you guys change the label. And you're like, no, this is about my family. This is yeah. about our legacy and our life. And I care more about that than, that's cool. I love that. So yeah. you said your son-in-law's name, he's Connor. He's Connor. Okay. So my question is, how many family members do you have buying for their name on a bottle? <laughs> well, every what's the price <laughs> now? Because, I mean, you've got to be making some enemies. That, like. <laughs> that poor guy has paid the price. Uh, we used to joke, where you turn the bottle around, we used to say, hey, Connor, you are on the label. There's a C, an O, and then an O and R <laughs> on the back of the label. You just have to, you know, circle it. Right. And oh, so, um, you know, during the pandemic, they were going to get married, and you know, we were having it at the winery, and you know, California, we just got shut down. Mm. We just couldn't, couldn't have any live events. So, um, so they postponed it. And when they did, they gave me the opportunity to actually bottle and create a label for him, and he didn't know about it. So, oh, so it's a surprise. Yeah, to one hundred percent surprise. Um, he cried like a baby because oh. yeah, I brought out magnums and, you know, when I, I gave my toast and, and speech awesome. about welcome into the family. But he's a, a, a fantastic young man. He treats my daughter right. That's all you could ask yeah, for. And, yeah, totally. Uh, so there's really only one more, uh, probably two family members that will get names on it. Um, if we do a Chardonnay again... It'll be named after her grandmother. It'll mm -hmm. be called Anime Chardonnay. Aww. Um, like and like I'm, I'm not a huge white wine person, but there's a there's a demand for my Lily yeah. wants to have it here in Nashville so she can, 
you know, pu pull it out in the middle of summertime versus a cab. Well, and that yeah. label with a white wine, I think, would look really pretty too. Yeah, and it, you know, it'll be a different bottle, and we waxed them this past year, so we did a sample set, and um, we kind of did a little zany thing. We did two micro fermentations. One was, uh, you know, malolactic fermentated, so we have a buttery flavor, and then one was just a, a crisp one, but uh, had oak. And when we blended them back together, we got this really nice vanilla bean. So you still mm. got the citrus in it, and then you really this nice vanilla bean finish. So it was, mm. um, it was um, pretty much what we were looking for. So that's when we were we'll go okay, we'll we'll go a little bigger at it and 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 uh, try to make at least a hundred case lot this next year. And that'll be anime. It'll be anime. Nice. And then the second one is. Uh, Theodore James, our new grandson. I was going to say, you have a uh, grandchild. We have a new grandson. Yeah, Emma okay. had, had a, a baby boy for us. He's precious. He's uh, just the happiest kid. Aww. He's, you know, really, really great. So uh, we're teasing Connor that, you know, Connor was going to be one and done now. Uh, <laughs> one, one year, and that's out. You know, that's Connor's our, I mean, that poor guy gets abused all the time. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll find a way. Either we, we have a Malbec that we do. So I'll either move the Malbec and call it Theodore James, or we'll come up with another blend for because each of our cabs are very different. Mm. Even though, you know, because of the micro fermentation, we talked a little bit about the you know Cosmo, but the Laura's Love, for instance, that you guys tried, um, I believe you tried that one. Have you the yes. yellow? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that one we do anywhere from five to twelve micro fermentations. Wow. So you're getting three barrels out of each style. And so you get a press free run and then a combination of press and free run. And so it gives you a really good opportunity to, to, to have some variation. So we can, we could take three bot, you know, barrels and make a 75 case lot for, you know, TJ or Theo or depending on what yeah. we end up calling. My them. vote is TJ. Yeah. <laughs> I think that you should put a TJ. Yeah. That's just my vote. <laughs> Don't know why. I'm kind of in the family, but not really. I'm just, Sharing okay. families. That's us. So that's my vote. <laughs> Uh, wouldn't surprise me if that's what it hit, oh, came out. Um, well, I have a question. So, I mean, being in California and like there's so many wineries, obviously that's like the mecca in the United States for wineries yeah. um, and winemaking. Do, is it feel very like competitive? Are people like genuinely pretty cool with each other? Or do you yeah. have like a lot of snobbery happening? Because I think a lot of people sometimes have certain conceptions about it. You know, they obviously the one of the main movies they watch is what's that one where they Sideways. create the yeah, you know, different stuff like that. And then I think that gives them a view of like what it. I mean, we've never been there, so like I, we can't really have a reference point. But some people are like have a view of it, you know. So. Well, it depends on the regions, right? So mm -hmm. and it depends on what you want. Like if you want a travertine, you know, over the top, come in. Don't mind spending sixty to a hundred dollars for tastings. Uh, per person, then you know that's pretty much Napa. That's where they're at. But you go outside to Hillsburg and uh, other areas on the outside regions of them. Um, they're you know that I don't want to call it pretension because that's just their business model. But mm. it changes. Mm -hmm. um, so for instance, even in our area, I mean, Paso Robles has been exploding. Uh, but you know, again, you're going to get a different style of, of of wine down there as well. They're starting to make some changes and they're starting to. Go in the higher elevation so they don't get that, you know, that 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 Central Valley fruit, you know, more of a, a, a raisiny or a pruny kind of mm. a flavor profile. You get that a lot in the in, in the Central Valley because of the just the heat that mm -hmm. you get, you know, on the non-cold airs at night. So I think it's regionally dependent. Okay. In our area, pretty much there's 
you know, you're going to have those one or two, but we don't spend our time thinking about those one or yeah. two. You know, we, we, we share shamelessly with people. Um, one of our good friends, he's out of, in our little area, there's probably, th well, maybe 40, 45 wineries now. Oh, um, wow. He's helped 14 of them unconditionally. Wow. Just, cool. hey, let me see what I can do to help you. And so um, there are three new ones that are popping up that we've helped. You know, so it's just, it's, I, th I think it's more of a camaraderie. And, I like to hear that. That's know, awesome. Promotion and, uh, but again, you're always going to get those that, you know, are not making as good a wine and they're not going to be as happy if you're having yeah. success. So, but we, um, we, we've kind of, you know, we, I don't want to say we get people upset, but we don't charge for tastings. So oh, that's cool. Yeah. Wow. So when someone comes out to our property, I mean, we'll, we'll pour them over $200 worth of wine uh, per person. Um, wow. Just because of, we'll pour six wines, we do three ounce pours. Um, anything more than that, you kind of get a little little buzzed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's it's that's probably our perfect, uh, you know, three ounce six b bottles, and we'll usually do uh, two. Um, so you mentioned sideways. I started making a Merlot because everybody was beating up Merlot. Right. Forty yeah. percent reduction in market because of that movie. And, Which is um, crazy. Yeah, it was totally crazy. So we were like, hey, we're gonna make it. So we make it. It's huge. It's a big, bold. I mean, like it's perfect with like. Uh, you know, bone marrow mm. and, and, you know, garlic crostinis types, you know, stuff that just usually overwhelms you because it has so, it's so, it's so much bigger than you would expect out of Merlot. But we usually do a Merlot or a Cab Franc up front or one of my, um, I do a Meritage or, you know, what we call a Cuvée just mm -hmm. because it sounds better. It's called the Ona Carmen Cuvée. Ona Carmen was the female of the house that I planted the vineyard for. Mm. And so we kept that name with it. Um, so yeah, we try to do that, and then we do four cabs. You know, we'll take you through a journey of you know fruit forward, mid palate, fruit forward, big bold, fruit forward, kind of a, a, a type of a journey. So you get to go back and forth. Yeah, so you're trying to show like just the differences in how cab can be made. Yeah. Like it's not all like one kind of style. Right. Well, yeah. and two are same. You know, same vintage, same everything. Meaning same vineyard, same style, same everything we made. The difference is is that I hand selected. Laura's Love, and that's one, and then everything else goes into the Madeline. So the Madeline is kind of a club favorite. Mm. Um, it's the largest production that we have. It's very complex, um, but Laura's Love just takes it up a notch and, you know, gives you this really velvety mouthfeel that has, you know, just incredible complexity to it, so. Very neat. I'm yeah, gonna grab fun. more glasses for the second one. Are you? Yeah. yeah. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> so how many acres total do you all have? Uh, well, we, we only have two and a half on our main property, um, and then we manage up to 11 acres, and that's for most of it. Most of it's hillside. Um, so like the 07 clone cab, which is the Connor, mm -hmm. um, that one we only get about three quarters of a ton per acre. Uh, it's a three-acre lot. Um, the Cab Franc comes off the same vineyard as well. Um, it's kind of a, a around the face, so it's a, um, a, a easter facing, you know, southeast facing. So it gets all tons of morning sun, you know, not not a lot in the late afternoons. Um, and then uh, that's about an acre and a half, and we get about a ton and a half per acre there. Okay. And then the uh, Emily, which I don't know if we shipped, shipped you. We, so every one of the family members has a cab now or a Cab Franc, and so um, that gave us an opportunity to you know, just expose the vineyard itself and a little bit different uh, flavor profile within the vineyard. 
Mm. Oh, I, I can't wait for TJ to have his cab. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're really reaching. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not that far of a reach because, yeah. you know, it's either, it, it depends on what his mom and his grandma want. Uh, you know, Grammy's going to probably set the tone for, is it Theo James or TJ or something? <laughs> but the thing is that Theo's a really cool name. Theo's cool. Theo's a really cool name. But I haven't met a TJ that I didn't like. And not just being like, yeah. She's, so you sourced out TJ's as you went through the selection. Well, what's funny, what's funny is we met at Trader Joe's. Mm -hmm. So TJ, you know, so we would put up our picks, like our wine picks on wines for people to pick. And it would say Kelsey and TJ. And sometimes they think it was Kelsey and Trader Joe's. And I'm like, it's TJ. So that's funny. All right. Who planted the first vineyard? Oh, TJ. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, what? TJ was uh, a good good friend of mine. He was writing a business plan uh, for Phosphorus. He was a VP there. Um, I was working at Gartner at the time, and we collaborated, and I was helping him with his go-to-market strategy for uh, his business and found out that he had a full degree. We were like, oh, this is crazy. Like, He goes, yeah, yeah, no, my grandfather you know, has Pedro Creek down in um, San Luis Obispo. And he said, no, go into high tech, make some money. You're always going to have this, this vineyard and this, this property, this label. And so he was raised by his, you know, his, his grandfathers and his grandmother. And so uh, TJ is who reached, researched those 10 wines that we wow. really liked and uh, came back. So, yeah, so we've had a connection to TJ. TJ, That's it just cool. circles out. Yeah. Yeah. Now here we are in the room and there's another yeah. TJ. <laughs> TJ, who knows what this is bringing us later. <laughs> We'll be doing wine pairing dinners. Oh, gosh. <laughs> All right, well, we're on to the second one. Connor. So, you want to tell us about this one? Yeah, so uh, Connor's a, it's an 07 clone cab. It's a mm. hillside vineyard. Um, and this was the one that gets about three quarters of, an eight, of, of a ton per acre. Um, really, really well-balanced wine. This one um, was, uh, oh, wow. of this vintage, it was the fastest selling wine that we Wow. We, we, so we did. Good. It sold out within about eight weeks. We released it. It just sold out. We always rat hole our mm -hmm. own little, you know, 32,000 bottles in our backlog, you know. So we, we, we've been rat holing some wines forever so we could do verticals and taste it later and all that stuff. Wow. So, but outside of that, the, those 10 cases, it, it, it went real quick. Yeah. Same thing. This was a, um, a three um, style, three micro fermentations. Um, that's kind of the perfect for me too. Is a little small. Three is the perfect blend because I can really, you know, manipulate the front end, back end, and the middle one. So you could really taste the, you know, the the the, the boysenberry type fruit in this one up front, and um, and that's really typical of a clone seven cap. In the valley floor, clone seven will get you about three and a half tons per acre, uh, but on the hillside, just because of lack of water and you know. Um, Etc. You it, it stresses it a lot more. This is fantastic. Oh, I love Thank this. you. Yeah, it's delicious. Yeah. Everything I love in the cab. Mm. Well, we wanted you to try it. We just bottled the 2019. Um, it, it again, outside of the Laura's love, was the hit of the party. Okay. So it um, it's 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 really showing some consistency. And we, we like I said, we started that in 2018. That was the first time we picked up that vineyard. We had been doing the Cab Franc from him for two years, uh, but we had the opportunity to just pick up, all, you know, all, he has 20 acres there and, and uh, eight, six and a half planted. So we just started managing it and picked up the entire thing. So whatever the fruit comes off, we just, you know, we'll, we'll produce and use it into our different 
different different wines. I think that these wines are just so well balanced. Mm-hmm. Like, and I feel like you were so intentional about that. And like, I don't know. There's not anything that's like overwhelming something else. Like, it's all kind of very harmonious and and like totally great food wine, but totally on its own. I would just yeah. want to like spend my time on this wine and just really enjoy it for like hours. Like, man, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, and we had one of your wines with a cigar, and it was a. It good pairing. Good pairing. Good. So which that, which wine was it? Do you remember? It was the one that we took on the podcast. Have a picture. That of was yeah. Cosmo. Yeah. Cosmo. Cosmo's mm-hmm. fashion. Yeah. Yeah. That holds up quite a bit to everything. And that one was yeah. more fruit forward. I felt like. Uh, no, uh, not more than this one. That one. Well. Maybe it was the cigar that made it that way. <laughs> well, well, if you think about it, cigar is going to bring in your your earthier flavors. Yeah. So your char, your earth, your you know, your, the, the mushroomy, all of the leathery, all those mm-hmm. flavors that you talk about, you know, in the, mm-hmm. and that absolutely would dissipate because that typically stands up inside Cosmo or those are mm-hmm. the traits that you would get it. Sometimes a, a, a mid uh, cocoa, like a, you know, a 90 something, you know, 90% of it. So you get that, that, that cocoa, heavy cocoa, mm. not chocolate, but mm. cocoa mm-hmm. flavor. But if you're smoking a cigar, then that typically will offset it. So like, for instance, you know, Italian wines, you know, you, you eat pasta, you better have something very acidic mm-hmm. in order to cut the acidity level so you could still taste the fruit. And yeah. that's probably what happened. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. But man, I love this. So, so good. <laughs> so yeah, how can you. people get involved with your wine club? Like yeah, we ship they... all over the U.S. Um, hopefully, we'll have it in restaurants here cl- soon. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> in Nashville, uh, or all of Tennessee, actually. As I mentioned, we um, we are fully licensed and ready to go since April. So it's just about you know finding restaurants and places that would like to do it. We're, we're not looking to go just dump a bunch of wine. Mm-hmm. We're looking to build a long-term relationship. So mm-hmm. you know that way allows us to be able to come in and go well. If you picked up our current releases, do you want large format and vintage? So we could do a reserve listing for them as well. Very I can't cool. do that for the world, uh, just but we have been rat holing that, you know. So like I said, we've since 2004. We still have 2004 every every uh, Valentine's Day. We celebrate, you know, kind of our anniversary. Mm-hmm. Uh, we open our first vintage together. Oh, yeah, awesome. yeah, and it's still very fruit forward. It's a 2004. It's crazy. We're like. How did that happen? Like, how is this still happening? <laughs> I mean, because everybody told us uh, 10 years. It, open it before 10 years because it's going to go bad. We're like, well, how do we know unless we try? Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, so they can online. Um, they can call Emma. They can call our winery direct. It goes right to Laura. Um, and uh, Emma being the director of operations, and she's doing all of the, uh, you know, sent shipping, all of that type of stuff. You could get on our mailing list uh, by going to, it's called emmalillyvineyards.com. Okay. Uh, you could certainly follow us on Instagram at Emily Winery, uh, but those are the areas where if you just reach out to us, it's absolutely, um, um, if you're inside the uh, the checkout, Lily's been doing all of the e-commerce stuff, so mm-hmm. she's local, but if you're inside it, uh, you could, anytime you order six bottles or more, you get 50% off. Oh, wow. uh, we give 50% off to all of our club members. It's just more of a loyalty thing. Yeah. yeah. It's just more of a philosophy. I mean, I remember one time me walking into, um, I probably shouldn't mention the name of the winery, but I walked into this <laughs> well-known winery in Napa. I hand them my card. Their club member is getting 20% off and charged for tasting. I hand them my card. 
no charge for tasting, I get 30% off. Yeah. Yeah. And the like, look on their face was like, yeah. there's some random dude coming in. Right. right. And so we never wanted that to happen. We yeah. still, we honor 30%. If you're in the industry, you get 30% off. You don't have to be a wine club member. Um, if you're in the industry, you know, you would need to e email us because it doesn't trigger if you only wanted to order one bottle online. Right. Um, but we never wanted anybody to have that experience. Totally. So yeah. if you're loyal to us, we wanted you to have 50% off on uh, all of our wines. That's awesome. Uh, includes all of our vintage, large format, doesn't matter. Um, and we do a lot of donations too for our club members. We do uh, up to uh, a case of wine, we match. So if a club member has a passion that they want to do donate a Magnum or uh, it's, it's kind of funny, if they want to donate a Magnum, we'll, we'll match it and give them a three liter. Wow. Uh, so they can do auctions and those kind of things. And we do, gosh, I would say 30 to 50 cases a year where we match. Uh, just what a great wine members. program. That's incredible. Yeah. You know, this was more about just connecting to the community. And, and you know, if we ever get forced into doing a, a tasting fee, we're going to, you know, it'll be keep your glass and mm -hmm. whatever the remaining amount is, probably half of that we'll just put into a, a donation for scholarships or something. Yeah. But we're going to try to stay away from the tasting. It's because what are you going to do, charge your club members for tasting fees? Right. No. So yeah. it kind of gets into this little challenge. So we want everybody to be welcome, come. You can afford the wines, great. If you can't, that's okay too. We want you to experience them then. Mm -hmm. You know, so you get a chance to taste at least at that time six wines, and we try to release new wines about about every quarter in the tasting room. Mm. Um, so that way, at least there's a new tasting menu about every three months. Yeah. Well. Okay. So I have a question. Okay. Sure. Then I'll say my thing. Nashville. How did you guys then get to Nashville? I mean, I know. Well, their daughter. Part right. Of it. But yeah. how did yeah. she come to Nashville? And then how? We we have What's some that journey. We have some really good friends that were in the music industry that Laura knows well. Well, they're they're like our family. And um, she was working for uh, Broken Bow Records. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Jason Aldean was the person she was repping. And she was the West Coast rep. So when they would come to the West Coast of, with her new artist and they were doing radio, they always wanted to have a relaxation place where could you go to relax. Mm. I'm a, a, a closet foodie. So, uh, <laughs> so I would typically make, you know, make a, a dinner for them. We would put it out in the middle of our living room, just a big table, and everybody would come in, and we'd pair wines and, you know, start, you know, singing and joking, and, well, I wouldn't sing, but I would let them sing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I can't carry a tune. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, and so how Lily got into it was uh, one of those types of dinner. Radio was over, and uh, we had Dustin Lynch, um, those three of them, James Wesley and uh, Craig. Campbell, I think it was at the time. Yep. No, Craig wasn't there. So it was Jane Wesley and, and uh, Dustin. And they saw Lily had taught herself how to play the guitar. So she had, and she had Dustin's picture on the wall. Oh. So he walks in and sees it. So he walks in and grabs a pen, signs it, Aww. grabs the guitar. And uh, James Wesley's band said, hey, if you really want to get into music, there's one place in the country you need to go to. It's Belmont. Hmm. And uh, Lily's one of those types that you give her a little bit of a challenge or you give her a little bit of an opportunity. She's, she's going to go after it. She's going to get it. She's going to absolutely put her teeth into it and get hmm. it. And so um, Dustin said, hey, I'm going to be back in three months playing with, uh, you know, at uh, one of our local venues called The Shoreline with Keith Urban. If you learn this song, uh, Come to Jesus by Mindy Smith, I believe it is. Uh, it's, yeah, I think so. And uh, said, if you learn it, we'll, we'll have you play it for us. 
and she, she rocked did? it. Yeah, so that Whoa. just kind of changed her. Oh, that's cool. It changed her path. Go so Lily. She, yeah. <laughs> so she came to Belmont, graduated in three and a half years with a double major, and first job coming out was right when COVID was hitting, and she started working for Tree Vibes, which is Florida Georgia Lines. Uh, that's awesome. A, a production company. Wow. Very Which cool. are really proud. Yeah, so she was great. So that's why, that's how Lily yeah. came to Nashville. I mean, the story that I always tell people, which I think is just amazing, and you know, I'm a California boy through and through. I was mm -hmm. born there, I was raised there. I, I, I go away, I always come back. But the experience we had here, we would we did a probably a four hour tour on our, our, our own tour, not like a tour tour. And we never touched a door. Mm. Every young man yeah, opens the door. opened the door. Yeah, uh huh. That's and nice. Said, you know, you know, right this way, you know, yeah. yes ma'am, yes sir. And we were like, this is a we had been visiting all kinds of different <laughs> colleges and we had we had visited colleges with them five years before that. What a completely different experience in California. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we were like, Yeah, this is this is back to our roots. This mm -hmm. is how we were raised and you know, quite frankly totally happy she's here and yeah and uh, I'm sure at some point we'll be dual living in both states yeah <laughs> if there was a way I could make a California cab in hey. Nashville man I'd be all over it we would love yeah. for you to figure it out <laughs> well it kind of goes off of what I was gonna say and just like in wrapping this up that um I do feel like there is this connection between Nashville and California totally. and you know a lot of people are happy about that a lot of people are not happy about it I think it's great I think that um there are there is this like hippiness and coolness to California that has just in the roots of the people out there and the wine and I and the creativity and the artistry that is going on out there. I think there's a lot of that here too. And I think that these worlds are combining like for a reason and there's a lot of people there here. And I know a lot of people from here that have gone out there too. And then the music, I think the music is connecting and the music connects also with wine because music really brings people together. And I think wine really brings people together in a very similar way and we get these family moments and I mean even on Thanksgiving we had the wine and music and it was like people felt you feel like you're really living you know in the in those moments and um I think I really hope and I think you guys are going to be trailblazers here and I think that because of this this thing that's happened over the past few years with everyone moving from California here I'm hoping that the wine wine industry kind of gets better out here if I could say that mm -hmm. um there's just there's not a a lot of wine bars there's you know and the people that move out here from from there say like man like we're so used to being able to go to like wineries and wine bars obviously you can't have wineries the same here you can't grow the grapes like you can out there but there can be a bigger i think wine influence out here Your with more experience yeah, yeah it's so it's so whiskey and beer which is awesome but i i think there's a, a big demand for wine and good wine um, and I would love for more of that California influence to come here and bring more of that because the more of y'all move here, the more there's going to be demand for it because yeah. that's what we're used to. So we want that here. And, you know, the wine bar that TJ works at, like, it's one of the only wine bars I can honestly say that I'm like, it's bringing a real wine experience. Like, there's not a lot of those. I mean, there's 60 Vines downtown, which is great, but there's not a lot of those boutique you know, wine bars. And so I'm hoping that this influx of people from California makes that happen. <laughs> Start popping up yeah, all the time. Well, hope, you just need a franchise. I hope so. <laughs> That's what we need to do. Make it really good I and hope franchise so. it out. Here's the model. But, and oh, um, by the way, we already have 100 wines we can do. Yeah. We're just going to get a little bit bigger space. <laughs> but I love that you guys are going to be coming to, yeah, to, so you're bringing, you're bringing this wonderful California wine to Nashville and Emily is fantastic. You're yes. getting a premium <laughs> California wine and you can experience that yeah, it's here. Unbelievable. 
Yeah, it's unbelievable. So I'm I'm excited about this. So thank you guys. Yeah, I appreciate you hosting us. Yeah, thank this you so much for coming honor, over. And our first California vineyard. Uh, so cheers. Wine maker. Yes, cheers. cheers, guys. Yes, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> uh.